0: Today's message is putting away the old gods. Putting away the old gods. If you got your Bible, go to Joshua 24. Joshua 24. Hallelujah. God is so good, is he not? Amen. God is so good. Joshua 24, and. Um, you know, if Alabama wins our uh, national championship, or uh, Auburn, or whoever, they win a national championship, and and better yet, because uh, if I go with that, if if, uh, if 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 they win a championship, Daniel and um, the wife and the family, if Nick Saban gets a whopping huge bonus because of that, the wife and the family did nothing to to go out on the field and earn that bonus, but they get to participate in all that comes with that bonus that he won. Same with the Patriots or whoever wins the Super Bowl, and they all get a ring and they all get bonuses. They get huge whopping bonuses if they get to the Super Bowl. That family, Dustin, gets to participate and gets to reap. They get as much as that check typically as that guy did i mean the whole family is it reaps the benefits and never never snapped a ball never went to spring training in fact if they had a win on the field and played they would have run it and they would have never won a super bowl so but they get to they get to share in the full victory of that of that win and that's sort of how the christian journey That's what Christianity is really like. That we get to share in something that we really didn't go fight the fight for. We didn't hang on the cross. We didn't didn't come and live the perfect, obedient life that Jesus Christ did. But because of what He did, Russell, we get everything that He acquired and that He accomplished and that He won on the cross for us uh, because of that. And that's what this passage that I want to read to you this morning is, is really going to show us because in Joshua... Because it's going to show us how this nation that was enslaved in Egypt and how the most they were they were brought under the bondage of the most powerful empire of the world and how God stepped in to this. He plagued the people of Egypt. He went in. He fought the biggest empire in the world. He stepped in, wiped out their economy, destroyed their crops, humiliated every one of their gods. If you go and study it, that's what they really, they had all these gods and it was the God of the sun. It was the God of this. It was the God of that. And God went in there and really it was a battle against your God versus my God. And God humiliated every one of their gods. That's exactly what he did. You study the plagues. It's what he's going to do again when he comes at the end uh, in the book of Revelation. When we begin to see uh, that unleashing on the earth again, it's kind of dealing with the same thing uh, once again, and very similar judgments that are taking place once again, just in a greater, greater manner, uh, greater. end time uh, deal that we're seeing there. But but uh, he showed them here that he was more powerful than them. He wiped out their military in the Red Sea with one breath. He uh, he drowned their entire armies. He, he, he uh, brings them out of Egypt into the wilderness, into the desert. He keeps their clothes from wearing out. He keeps their shoes from wearing out. He guides them along the way with a pillar of cloud by day, with a fire by night. He brings down manna and quail to feed them. In the, in the wilderness when they come into contact with armies in the land he defeats every single one of them and, and uh, after all those defeats faith, he brings them into a land that wasn't their own and in that land they inherit everything that he's won for them they get vineyards they didn't plant they get houses they didn't build and just given to them because they belong to God just because I belong to him and he's done this for me and he's bringing us into. To this land, they were. He was able to do it. He was able to get for them what they could not get for themselves, and that's what Christianity is about. As I said, He has come, and we could not get free from the spiritual. Cl- we could not get free from the bondage of Satan. We could not get free from our old nature. We could not get free from the taskmaster. But 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 Jesus freed us spiritually. Came in, and He gives us this wonderful inheritance that we didn't do for ourselves and it's absolutely phenomenal, absolutely amazing that Christians get every spiritual blessing that He provides. He gives us victory over temptation. He gives us an open heaven now that you can pray into and God listens and He hears your prayer. You get peace that surpasses all understanding now. You get wisdom now. You get compassion now. You get all sorts of things that you never possessed before and you had no way of possessing them. and now they're yours by inheritance of Jesus Christ and what He accomplished. What a mighty God we serve. Amen? Amen. And Jesus gives everything we need, 2 Peter 1, that pertains to life and godliness. Everything you need for life and godliness everything you need you're battling depression he's got the remedy you're battling uh you're battling despair he's got the he's got the joy you need you're battling anger he's got the peace you need and the forgiveness you need you're battling this you're battling that you're battling sin he's got power and victory and grace to bring you out of sin and and to triumph over sin he has given us everything we need that pertains to life and godliness in christ we have everything amen Everything. So it brings us to, if we know that, if we know that He has purchased that for us and He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, then He begins to tell Joshua how they are to respond to that. How we're to respond to that life and godliness. So if you got your Bibles, follow along with me and let's read verses 14 and 15. And it says, Now therefore, fear the Lord. Because you've obtained all of this, here's how you should respond as a believer. Now therefore, fear the Lord. Serve Him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served the, uh, on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Look at the next verse. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorite in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen? And so he says you've been given this wonderful promise of life. Now I want you to guard yourself from everything that threatens that life and inheritance. He's saying you don't just become a Christian, punch your ticket and say I'm on going into heaven. He's telling us now that you have received this inheritance, now that you are saved, now I've got some advice for you. Now I want to tell you some things that you need to do. And you need to guard yourself very carefully from everything that threatens this walk with God, that it threatens the the life of Christ inside of you. You've got to watch out because idolatry is trying to sneak its way back into your life. It's trying to come back in and destroy you and so I want you to be careful and so Joshua gives these people a command and he says put away all gods and serve the Lord is what he says choose to serve the Lord now put away all your gods all the idols and there, And the response is fear the Lord you should fear Fear the Lord, something that is absent from our generation, something that we begin to make it. Even when we preach it from pulpits, we've watered it down. When, oh, when I say fear the Lord, I don't really mean fear the Lord. No, I mean fear the Lord. No, I mean when you see Him in all of His holiness and you got sin in your life, you fall like a dead man. I'm talking about you get real uncomfortable. You feel like eyes are staring because I've been around human people that walk with God so close that I get feeling antsy. It's like I want to spew out everything in my heart that's wrong. I feel uncomfortable. And they're not even holy people apart from God. But when God, you get into the presence of a holy God, you ought to fear Him. You ought to revere Him. You ought to reverence Him. You're going to notice real quick He's a lot different from humanity. Amen? You're gonna see, he has not one sin in him. He's spotless. He's clean, and we're not. Hey Amen. He is clean, unless you got the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So the very first thing that Joshua commands them: put away the other gods, and I want you to fear the Lord. I want you to fear the Lord, and I want you and to fear the Lord. Listen to what it means. It means to agree with him on what's right and on what's wrong. No, not will I think. Not will it's my opinion. No, you agree with the book, whether it cuts you, whether you like it, whether you don't like it, God's Word is final and what it says, it says. You don't adjust God to you. We adjust to Him. Amen? Look, right now, everybody's life. You know what I think? The center, let me say it to you, the center It seems to me like nobody's life is centered around God anymore. It's surrendered around coronavirus. And coronavirus tells you what to do. We, we, We consult coronavirus to find out what we're supposed to do today rather than consulting God's Word on what we're supposed to do today. Let God be the center of your life. If the Bible says it, I don't care what coronavirus says. Now, there's a lot of things that we need to go in here and read and then fall in line with what they're saying about coronavirus and some things we don't. But I'm here to tell you, you seek first the kingdom of God. This is what we follow. This is what steers our life. When Marcy and I came to God, it wasn't church that steered our life. It wasn't each other. It wasn't our career anymore or our college or what we were going to do that became the center of our life. This book became the center of our life. And every choice we made from that point on, God, where do we live? It's not our choice anymore. Where do we live? We're going to go into this book and we're going to find out where we should live. God, where do we go to church? Do we assemble with people regularly? We go into this book. We find out what kind of people do we... Where do we go? Every decision. Do we have children? Well, it's a bad world out there. Yeah, but you, your word says, even in the bad world, we need godly seed to come out. So, yes, we're going to have children. What should we do? And everything we prayed and we consulted this book, and we still do that today. God, do I, you know, we, we, we follow everything. Where, where do, how do we educate our children? How do we raise our children? How do I have a marriage? It's not based on psychology, it's not based on books I read, it's based out of this book. Everything in our life has tried. we failed. I know our boys have seen our cheeks in our armor. They've seen our flock. But I hope I can honestly stand before my son right here and my other son and say, everything in us, we tried to center our home around this book right here. We tried our best to live out of the pages and let God dictate our life from the pages of this book. We didn't try to make it out of our own human mind or what we wanted to do. We tried to take it out of the pages and I hope I continue to try to take it out of the pages. I fear the Lord and it's to agree with Him on what's right and to agree with Him on what's wrong. In other words, it's God is in charge and I submit to Him. When I first got saved and He said, You stole stuff from your companies and different things that you've done. You know, pens, little knickknacks here, band-aids. He said, you're going to take them back. And here I am with a box walking into work, humiliated. And then he said, you've you've hurt a lot of people. But God, it wasn't my fault. I don't care. They're offended at you, and you hurt them. And you're going to write some letters. And you're going to ask them to forgive you. And you know what I could have said, well that that is just not the way it works. No, I said, you're right and I'm wrong. You're the boss and I'm not. Your word is final and mine is not. And, and God, you're in charge of me now. I was in charge of myself before. I could make those choices. I could decide who I wanted to hate and who I didn't want to hate. I could decide who I wanted to write a letter to and who I didn't. I could decide when I wanted to take something that was my, not mine and when I didn't want to. I could decide who to sleep around with and who not to. But now I go into the pages of this book and now it tells me to live certain ways. And now I don't have a choice if I'm going to follow you. So quit calling yourself a child of God and you don't want to follow what He says. And then He says, so He says, He's the boss. He says, he says fear the Lord. And then secondly, He says, He tells him, secondly, to, uh, to, to uh, serve Him sincerely and in truth. He says, serve Him sincerely and in truth in that first passage of Scripture. In other words, give Him total devotion to your heart. Not give your job 90% and Him 10%. Not give your wife uh, 70% and the and, and, and job uh, you know, a couple and then God whatever's left over. No, it says serve Him when you come into this place. You are to serve Him in total sincerity and in truth. In other words, God letting go of all other allegiances and you belong to God. So here's how he says to respond. Fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity, and then thirdly, serve Him in truth. And then he goes on to say in verse 14, And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Now the Hebrew language is kind of a, a, a difficult language and the grammatical rules in translating and interpreting, they have these little things called stems and it's kind of like in Spanish that they have some of these things with the, the grammatical rules that are very similar. And here's what begins to happen. When you change the stem, you can know if you're performing or receiving action. When you change the stem of the, of the grammar there. And so here's what he's basically saying. In that statement, John Joshua is really doing something interesting. He is talking about an action that the Israelites have to cause and they have to bring an effect. So there's a cause and there is an effect. It's something they have to do in order for the effect to happen. And so it's kind of like this. It's kind of like if I say, Caleb, stand up and take a walk. Go ahead. Well, who does that affect? Only him, right? But now if I say, Caleb, grab your wife by the hand and take a walk with her. Now that cause has affected somebody else. It's not just affecting him, but it is affecting his wife. Y'all can sit down. Y'all walk so well together. Can two... Walk together lest they agree. So, so uh, but, but the Bible tells us that's what's taking place here. Joshua is telling them to do something that affects something outside of themselves. He's saying when you touch and remove these idols, you are doing something that has a cause and it's going to bring an effect. In other words, when he says put away idols, he is saying you need to cause your idols to be removed. Amen. You have to make the choice and you have to cause the change yourself. That, that, that's what he's saying. He's saying these idols don't remove themselves that you're allowing to come into your life. He's saying there are certain problems that begin to take root in the human heart that will only get corrected by you and I taking action to remove those things from our lives. Now, I'm not telling you God will not help you because listen, you don't have the strength to do it yourself, but you need to make the decision and when you make the decision, God will help you remove the idol out of your life. Amen? But he's saying you do it you do the cause and the effect and it will affect everything outside and so he's saying to them you're going to have these things are going to start creeping in trying to take the fear of the lord out of your life they're going to creep in they're going to try to take your affection away from god he says they're going to creep into you believer and they're going to come after you and he says when they begin to come after you and when they begin to succeed you go into your home and you say we are done with this thing family we are done with this mess we've allowed into our home we're We're done with these magazines. We're done with these television programs. We're done with these things that displease God and go against the very Word of God. We're done with them. And I'm doing a cause now that's going to affect all of you because we're taking that mess out of our home. Amen? Amen? Preach it, brother. Preach. 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 It's the help of the grace of God is there But you have to do the removal of the idol. And Joshua's command to these people, to the children of Israel, are put away the gods of your fathers. And it doesn't mean, listen, when he's putting that command, it doesn't mean that Israel was absolutely in uh, that they at that moment were, were living in spiritual adultery. And the reason I know that is because when you go to Joshua chapter 23, he gives a fairly lengthy farewell address. He's about to die soon. And he begins To commend them. Here's what he says in verse 8. He says, But you shall hold fast to the Lord your God as you have done this day. In other words, he's saying, Hey, you're doing a good job. You're doing very well. You're where you should be spiritually speaking. He says, You're being faithful to the Lord and you don't have any idols. But you go one more chapter later in verse 24, chapter 24, and he begins to warn them, But watch out, but be very careful. Don't be at ease in Zion. Don't think you can just skate through life and not be affected by these things. Don't think you're so high and mighty up here and you said a prayer one time and you started walking with God and you punched your ticket and now you're above all these things. And you talk down and condescend to everybody else like you're some super spiritual person. Guess what? Everybody in this room, look around. I don't care if they're young or they're old. They're all on the same level spiritual because your spirituality it didn't come from you. It came from God Almighty. Amen? And the Holy Spirit who lives in you. And so, he's not contradicting himself by saying you're doing great. But watch out for other gods. He's saying never let your guard down. He's saying you must keep your guard up. You must be constantly looking out for a lion. It's like this. If we knew that there was a lion, if somebody said there is a lion outside of your door, Luke, at your house. We've let a lion go outside of your house and he's stalking you. It would affect the way that you go outside of your home to go to work every day, wouldn't it? I believe you'd do something different when you open the door. You'd probably pick your head out. Normally, you just open the door, walk right out and out with your coffee or whatever. But I believe if you knew there was a lion stalking outside, waiting to devour you, it would affect the way that you live. And if you knew that, you would open your door, you'd begin to look out. If somebody else was out there, you'd probably, hey, hey. Psst. Do you see a lion over there by my truck anywhere? And you would probably, it would affect the way that you go to the truck. It would affect the way you go to the store. It would affect the way that you go anywhere. We laugh at that analogy, but the truth is, there is a roaring lion. And he is outside of these walls. And he's outside of our doors. And he's stalking us. And he's seeking to devour us. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy every one of us. So it should, we should be watching how we live. It should affect the way we live. It should affect the way we behave and it should cause us to look around and to live differently and that's what Joshua is saying that the devil doesn't take a holiday so you need to be watching out even if you're a believer these things called idols have a way of trying to come back into your life and to affect your walk with the Lord. Amen? Yeah. And so he tells him, you're doing a great job you're walking faithfully but don't let your guard down against idolatry because we are at war And there's a devil, an enemy, that wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. So don't get apathetic. Don't get lazy in your walk. Don't let your guard down. Don't think that it doesn't matter if I read my Bible or not, or whether I pray, or whether I come to church, or whether I spend time in the things of God. I heard one preacher say it like this. You can't Febreze your way through life. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about? Febreze? What do we do, man? We live like in a fraternity. I lived in a fraternity house one time back in college. My wife knows. God love her. I brought her there one time. She says, the most disgusting place on the face of the earth. How do you people shower, you bunch of animals? And I guess we were kind of. They condemned the house later and tore it down but for good cause. But, uh, but uh, it was awful, wasn't it? But men kind of have a thing like we think we can wear clothes over and over and if I just kind of febreze, like if I had a date that night, I can just just febreze the room and get rid of the problem, right? But, but you can't. Once it's so bad after so long, the odor, after so long of the clothes not being washed or not being cleaned, after so long of not taking a bath, you can deodorant it all day long, you can Febreze it all day long, but eventually you gotta take care of the problem. You gotta wash the clothes. You gotta go to the cleaners. You gotta get a bath. You gotta get the stuff that stinks out of the room. You can't just Febreze it and mask it over. And the same is with your Christian life. You can come in here and Febreze it, raise your hands and praise the Lord, you can carry your Bible, you can dress up and look real nice as a Christian and you can Febreze yourself for a long time, but the truth is if there are idols in your heart, if your affection has grown cold, you can't mask it over but so long. Amen? you got to deal with the idols in your heart. And that's what Joshua is saying here. The idols are going to want to come in. Quit trying to act like they're not there. Quit trying to Febreze it over. Deal with the idolatry in your your heart. Yes. Yes. Let the Lord take you to the cleaners. And here's the deal. It's not that God hates us. He doesn't hate his sons and daughters. In fact, it's right the opposite. He, he looks at us and says, hey, Caleb, we're going to f- come with me. We're going to fix that. We're going to fix that in your life. We're going to fix that so you can be an overcomer. We're going to fix that so that I, He, He who began a work in you will perform it and carry it on to completion uh, to the coming of the Lord. It's that thing that God does. He begins to take us. It's the same thing as if there's a problem in our marriage and I got to break down a communication here. We begin to talk to one another. We heal that. We reconcile that. We deal with the problem and we come back together. And that's the same thing that He is saying here. And so Joshua gets specific. In His commandment, if you'll follow me we'll in verse 12, look at what He says. He says, put away the gods which your father served on this side of the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now the river He is talking about, when it, the river, is the Euphrates River. And He's pointing all the way back to Abram before he became Abraham. And he's pointing back and saying, way back in the land of Ur of the Chaldees, way back in Babylon, way back in Mesopotamia, they served, your ancestors served false gods. That's all they knew to serve. They served false gods all the way back there. So don't go all the way back there and start serving the gods of your ancestors, nor those that they picked up in Egypt, because when they stayed in the land of Egypt, they started picking up their gods and worshiping their gods. So he says, don't go back to way back to Abram, the beginning of you people. Don't go all the way back to Egypt and start serving their gods. He says, don't serve those. And then he says in verse 15, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served, or when they were on this side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites whose lands you dwell in. And this is very important. Because what he's saying here, Joshua gives a distinction between the two kinds of gods we can serve. Number one, you, even serve, you are either serving the true God or you are serving a false God. I need to say that like over and over because we got a problem with that in this nation now. And we got a problem with that all around the world. You are even serving the true God and the way to that true God, and His name is Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Or you are serving a false god. And then he breaks that down into two categories. And he says some of us must contend with our ancestral gods. That's the second part. He says you can serve the gods of your ancestors or you can serve the gods of your culture. So that's the two categories that he says that we have a problem with in this uh, in this world. That's the problem. He begins to say, hey, be careful. Be careful as Christians. Be careful because don't think you're not immune to serving other gods. Don't think that you're not immune to false gods coming back into the picture, look around you folks, that's where we're at in this nation that's where we're at in our churches, that's where we're at everywhere, and he says I want you to notice, don't be careful of the gods of your ancestors, but also watch out for the Amorites he's saying I want you to be careful of the gods of the culture that you're currently living in, that's the culture they were currently living in, and he's saying don't pick up the bad habits of the culture don't don't pick up the patterns of thinking and behavior and the patterns of sin that are inherent back from when you were growing up don't pick those up don't pick up those bad teachings that were taught by mama and daddy i know they were wonderful people but some of the things that we were taught by grandmama and grandpa some of the things we were taught by baptists and methodists and church of god church of christ and assemblies of god some of those things were great and some of them weren't so great and he says, be careful about those ancestral things that you were taught. Be careful about the old nature stuff that you believed in and wants to creep itself back in there, those patterns of thinking, patterns of behavior, patterns of sin. He says, look out for those, cast those out. Don't yield your body to the Lord, yield your mind to the Lord, yield your thoughts to the Lord. And then he says, other times we contend with the Amorite gods and that's corrupt thinking, a behavior of the culture that wants to define redefine right and wrong it wants to contradict God's value system it wants to get you embrace things that are not in the Bible it wants you to get things that, that are, that are to, to take things that are not embraced by God and so he says if you and I were capable of agreeing with our society on the things that the Bible is verily, very clearly not okay with then we're on shaky ground and Joshua is saying those idols better come down and folks I'm going to tell you what and don't be looking at everybody else pointing at them. We better be looking at our home carts because I guarantee you if some people came back alive from 20 years ago, 20 years ago or less, and saw some of the things that we are doing, Brad Lindsay is doing, they would know they are sins and they are not Right? There are things we picked up by the cultures. There are things that we have latched on. There are things that the culture says are right now, that God's Word says is wrong. There are things that we picked up on, we've agreed with, and we've said, well, everybody's doing it, and everybody's agreeing with it, and even most of the churches are agreeing with it, but God's Word says no. And Joshua says, be very, very careful of the Amorites. Don't pick up the things of the culture and everybody that's saying it okay when God's Word says it's not distinct. Distinguish yourself from the world. And he says, if you picked up these things, you need to, and I love this word and I make no apology for it, you need to repent. It's a good old good word. It's the first words out of our Lord's mouth. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand when he began to preach. Repent repent. Because grace is not a license uh, for us to live in sin. In fact, it's a license to live in victory. Let me say that again. Grace is not a license for you to say, well, God doesn't care. God doesn't care about fornication. God doesn't care about my mouth. God doesn't care about anger. My mama was angry. My daddy was angry. My great-grandma was angry. The culture's angry. He gives all of the pass. No! Let me say it again. No! Quit excusing your bad behavior. Quit! Body of Christ, please quit. Quit, quit, quit. If God's Word says forgive, forgive. No ifs, ands, or buts. No no putting stipulations on it. If God's Word says don't lie, don't lie. If God's Word says don't cheat, don't cheat. If God's Word says don't steal, don't steal. If God's Word said that marriage is between a man and a woman, then marriage is still between a man and a woman. If God says that there's only one way to the Father, then there's still only one way to the Father. And grace is a license to live in victory. I'm not saying we don't struggle. Look, I'm struggling with a lot of things right now. In my heart that I don't like and I'm having to pray for all the grace in the world for God to help me. Help me with my attitude. Help me with my tongue. Help me with the things going on in my heart. Help me with unforgiveness. Help me with unbelief. Help me just exposing my humanity more the days we live out in the days that we're living in. But God's grace is sufficient, folks. It's sufficient. And He is able to help us. Man, I'm preaching a long time and I'm sorry. He told the seven churches to repent. Let me go to the last point here. And if it seems... Good, Joshua says, all these things seem good. If it seems, if it's or excuse me, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which are your father served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose lands you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the Hebrew word is very interesting here for house. In the Hebrew, it means more than just a building. It's your household. It's your family. It's a pay- Patriarch speaking as the head of his home, saying, everyone who lives under my roof, we are serving the Lord. And what he's saying is, your decision of what you do with idols affects more than just you. He's saying it affects your whole house. So he's saying if you don't put away these things, the effect... The cause is you not putting away and the effect is it's going to destroy your whole house. And let me tell you how I know that because he wrote, they had two examples and I'll just tell them, I want to get off my notes. He, there was just two examples if you read the rest of Joshua and I would encourage you to go home and read the book of Joshua. There's two examples of this very thing happening. There's two examples of patriarchs and heads of the homes making a decision to put away the idols and it affecting their entire house. And here's the first one. When you go back into the couple first couple of chapters, Rahab is one of the first ones that she made a choice. She came into the land. The spies come into the land. And they meet this prostitute, this ungodly woman, this prostitute. And thank God she has enough sense to recognize. She says, these are the people of God. Everywhere they go and they carry that ark. Everywhere they go and they carry the presence of God. They defeat the enemy and they come in and and, and their God wins. And so she comes to them and she says, your God is the true God. And I know that he's going to come in here and lead your people into victory against our people. So here's what I'm going to do. She says, if you will keep me and my family safe, I'm not going to tell anybody you were ever here. So please keep me and remember me. And that's exactly what happened. They remembered Rahab and because they remembered Rahab all the leadership that was under her care all the people that were in her home were spared because of her decision to do the right thing, to put it the idols and to follow the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. The second example and I'll close is the God by the name of Achan and if you remember Achan, he made a choice. He made a choice because here's what Joshua had told them. God says when we go into Jericho, it's the first fruit. It's the first battle and when we march around those walls and we let out a shout and God brings the walls of Jericho down, you are are not to take one spoil of the victory. You are not to touch and take even a hair off the ground. It belongs to God. It is God. Just wait. You'll have plenty of war victories. You'll have plenty of spoils. There's going to be plenty of things to take in the days ahead, but this is not yours to touch. God wants it for His own, and He's going to destroy it all. Well, Achan, a man who decided not... uh, We're talking about a guy who now has. Has allowed idolatry to come back in and to seep back into his heart. Now decides I'm going to take a bar of soap and I'm going to t- or a bar of silver and I'm going to take a bath uh, towel or a bathrobe and that's exactly what he just took. A couple of little things there that were hidden there and took them out and hid them in his tent. And because of that choice, the Bible says that his entire household was doomed. Two households affected by. A decision to not put away the idols. You're not hurting yourself alone by not putting away your idolatry. That thing you're holding on to, you're, you're hurting your entire family. You're hurting your sons, you're hurting your daughters. You're hurting the people in your house. you're hurting your church. You're hurting the people. Well, I, well it, it doesn't bother. It doesn't hurt anybody else. And here we have two clear examples of where Joshua says, oh yes it does, that Rahab's decision affected her and it affected the others, and Achan's decision affected her and it affected others. One for good, one for evil. And Joshua gives them this example. It's fresh in their minds that they need to stand up and decide in their home as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And it was going out more than just their house. It was going out to a nation. And I'm here to tell you today that we, church of Brookside, I'm going to quit because I see some of you nodding off. I see some of you getting tired. I see some of you. But here today, before we leave this building, there are the gods of the Amorites. There's the god of the culture outside trying to seep its way into your life. There's ancestral gods that have always been there. Your old nature, your old habits, things you were taught that are seeped into your lives that try to come back on to you. And you And we need to make the choice together today to say that as Brookside Church of God, as for us and our houses, we will put away the idols and we will serve the Lord your God. Hallelujah. And so I'm begging you, make a decision that your house will be a house of purity and a house of holiness. And let's decide together, I will choose to do this. Not one time, because we make that verse and we say, oh, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Guess what? you got to make that every single day. Joshua was saying every day from now on you're going to have to wake up and you're got to decide, Raymond, as for today... That ain't coming in my house anymore. As for me and my house. Those idols aren't coming in. That's not coming in. That's going to destroy my walk with God. That's going to steal my affection. That's going to destroy us. That's going to hurt our church. That's going to hurt us as a people. And for as for me and my house, today and tomorrow and the next day, we will serve the Lord. Father, we love You. We thank You, God, for Your Word. Lord, I'm sorry for being a little lengthy. But Lord, I hope the message... Gets a cross, Lord. Because I believe we as a society, God, have allowed so much to creep into our lives, God. Lord, I, a lot of the reason and I'm talking to myself that we don't know what's right and wrong anymore is because we're turning to news and other people and ideas and opinions rather than going inside the book ourselves to find out what you say on the matter God show us our idolatry help us to distinguish between God what's in the culture now God we have it's kind of like being raised in church you have enough word to be dangerous sometimes it's the same, I think, in America it's because we were a Judeo-Christian nation and we know a lot about the Bible, especially in the Bible belt. And God, our homes can be full of idolatry. The sodomites can be inside the house, God. Everything can be around us, and we still got our, 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 our scripture on the wall. We got our plaques on the wall from home interiors that says, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Oh God, give us eyes to see now. Give us eyes to see. You said, Lord, this building's not the temple of God. You said, we are the temple of God. We are the temple of God. And what, 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 what person, What God would never join Himself to Belial. God would never join Himself to a harlot. And oh God, don't let us join ourselves to things that are not... Pleasing in Your sight that things that are not permissible in Your Word, that things that are not permissible, God, uh, it doesn't matter how we feel, God. Lord, we're such a self-absorbed people now, God. I am. I'm dealing with this in my own heart, God. Deal with the self in Brad, God. Cause me to be no longer inward focused and caring about so much about me, God. Help me to get my eyes on You now. Help me to lift my eyes and see You and to make much of You and to make You great in the nations now. Help me to glorify You now. To glorify You, to care how, if I put that label Christian on myself, to care how I honor You, to care about my walk, to care about my speech, to care about my actions, to care about what people see me doing or what they see me posting or how they see me living, God. Help me to care about that. Help me to put away all other gods. Help me to put away every false Thing that doesn't measure up against you, God. You do care about these things. They are important, God, to us as your people. And Lord, you're not just so angry that you don't want to help us, God. You expose these things because you want to help us. You want to walk with us as your sons and as your daughters, and you want us to be free and you want us to be, God, uh, uh, you want us to have the joy of the Lord. You want us to have. spiritual freedom, and not to be attached to anything of this world, God, but to be reflecting your glory and your honor and your majesty everywhere we go, God, and to be impacting the world around us. So God, help us to leave every, every false comforter, every false love, and help us to God to follow you sincerely with all of our heart, with all of our might, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength, God. Help us to put away all of the lovers, all of the loves, and God, anything that is stealing our affairs affection away from You, God. Lord, I know Highlands and other places are about to enter into a time of prayer and fasting. We would do well, God, to enter into a time personally, ourselves, God, now of, of, of praying and fasting and looking at the things in our own heart and saying, God, what in my house, what in my children's life, what in my marriage, what in my own heart is not, is it should not be here? God, what should I get rid of that is keeping me from my affection with You, Lord, because I want to be so in love with You and so affectionate with You. And so help me with that, Lord. Help me to walk with You all the days of my life. As for me and my house, we want to serve the Lord. And Lord, we just thank You. We give You the praise. We give You the honor. We give You the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.